Welcome, everyone. This is Coach Chiu, and welcome to episode one of the RIP Sports Podcast. Finally, 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 it's episode one, numero uno. And, you know, it's been a long time coming for me. Started this journey out, I believe it was last year. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was coming out with content, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't right. It wasn't good quality. And I had the opportunity to meet with Joe Garcia for the Two Shots podcast. I want to give a big shout out to Joe. Joe's been tremendous for my growth. Uh, he's been a great help to me. Also, the Two Shots podcast network as well. If you love NFL, if you love NBA, if you love MLB, hey, if you like rated R stuff, we even have a podcast for you as well. So a big shout out to them. And before we get started on today's show, we're talking about the good old NFL and NBA talk. I want to talk to you a little bit about who I am. What sports teams do I follow? So that way they can give you an idea of what type of man that I am. Now, please don't judge me when I say this, but my favorite NFL team is the Los Angeles Rams. And you're probably going to say, well, wait, coach, of course it's the Rams. They're the best team in the NFL. And I tell you this, if you truly know who I am, you know that I've been a Rams fan. <laughs> For a long, long time. I was a Rams fan for Jeff Fisher. The guy who says, oh, well, I'm not going 7-9. You look at that roster, you think to yourself, Coach, we're, we're not even going 7-9. We're going to be worse than that. Jeff Fisher, that dude was stuck in the 80s. I mean, his offense was so bad that, I mean, some of the games were so bad to watch. Yes, that Jeff Fisher. And before Jeff Fisher, it was Steve Spagnuolo former Giants defensive coordinator, led him to a Super Bowl. I thought to myself, well, hey, he knows defense. Um, our defense struggled. Um, first year, though, with Sam Bradford went well, but that was it. Before Steve Spagnuolo, Scott Lenahan. And Cowboy fans know him very, very well. He's the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. And I'm going to put this a little lightly. They're struggling. Let's just say that. Scott Lenahan... He was all over the place there. And before Scott Linehan, Mike Martz, the mad scientist. You know, there was a website for Mike Martz, firemikemartz.com. And before Mike Martz, it was Dick Vermeule, led the Rams to the Super Bowl. So I've been around the whole ride. And to think Sean McVay has been tremendous for the growth of this football team. When he was hired, so many quote-unquote analysts who get paid to do this by, I mean, yeah, they get paid for this. So many of them. No, he's too young. Stephen A. Smith over there on ESPN. No, 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 no. There's no way he's too young. He's not going to do anything. And look, the guy is going to make the playoffs back-to-back -back seasons. Todd Gurley could win, potentially. Offensive player of the year again, back-to-back -back seasons. Aaron Donald has eight sacks on the year. Aaron Donald yesterday had four sacks in one game. That's how dominant. So, Sean McVay, you change the culture. When you come in, you change the culture. Not only that, you bring in your people. Wade Phillips is here as defensive coordinator. You start to bring people who can help build a franchise, help build a team, and that's what you get. And he's an offensive guy. He's going to be here for a long time. And to me personally, I think the Rams are going to win multiple Super Bowls. I don't think they're going to win back-to-back. -back. That's difficult. but. Sean McVay could potentially have multiple Super Bowls. But enough about football. My favorite NBA team is the San Antonio Spurs. 
go, Spurs go. It's been one hell of a run with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. Unfortunately, father time has come, and two of them are not there anymore. Tim Duncan retired a few years ago. Um, Tony Parker is playing with the Charlotte uh, Hornets, and Manu Ginobili did retire this year. So just thinking back about myself being a Spurs fan during my elementary slash middle school, high school years, it was great, man. You know, when you have a team win four championships in that time, it's tremendous. And to see Tim Duncan grow, Ginobili grow, you know, I remember when Ginobili came in and I thought to myself, man, this guy, he's a gambler, man. <laughs> he's over here shooting half-court shots and Pop is just staring at him. And Tony Parker, I remember him coming in, had no shot. No shot. You couldn't shoot a lick. But he got a shot. He was consistent with it. So just to think about, and I also gave a guy about David Robinson as well. So a big Spurs fan. It's different now. Kawhi Leonard, or should I say the fake number two? Some of you guys call him that. And, um, you know, unfortunately, Kawhi leaves and it, you know, it does hurt us a bit. I'm not going to be stupid and say it doesn't because it really does. So Kawhi Leonard is gone. DeRozan, you still got uh, Paul Gasol, Spirit Fingers. Patty Mills. So you still got some of the guys that are still kind of holdovers from a few years ago, but you got some fresh legs. Those Spurs did lose Murray. Lionel Walker's hurt. Uh, Derek White's also hurt as well. So it's a different team. I, I don't know what to expect this season. We could make the playoffs. We could miss the playoffs. So those are my two top teams. Um, now, I do follow baseball. I am a sports fan, so I do follow baseball, but I don't follow it as much as my man, Austin, from the Painting Corners podcast. Go check him out, man. This dude, this guy loves baseball, man. He eats, sleeps baseball. Big Boston fan. Go check out his podcast, man. He's tremendous. He does a great job at really analyzing baseball. So go check him out. And in college football, it's the Georgia Bulldogs. I love my Bulldogs. Been a big fan of Georgia ever since I actually moved to Florida which was a long time ago. Um, first college football game I ever watched was Georgia versus Florida. And I'd, I didn't want to move to Florida, so I went for Georgia. <laughs> Back in 2000, or it may have been 2001, I believe Mark Rick was in his first few years. I don't know. But yeah, that's how I became a Georgia fan. So um, And college basketball, which I don't really follow as much. I do kind of keep close contact with uh, the Duke Blue Devils. That's been one of my teams throughout the years. But, yes, guys, Spurs and Rams, I love them. I talk about them on social media, and that's my team. And the words of T.O., well, actually, T.O. said that's my quarterback. But you know what I mean. So, all right, folks, enough about myself. Enough about me. Let's talk about some NFL football. So there were some interesting, interesting games this week that came out. And... So some of the outcomes people don't like, but uh, we're going to go with the first one. The Dallas Cowboys. We them boys, they lose to the Redskins 20-17 to on a missed field goal. And it, it, it wasn't the fact that he missed the field goal. There was a penalty before that. There was a penalty before that. And unfortunately, it went against Dallas. And it, it was an infraction penalty. And the thing is, is that you can't move the ball once kind of set in place. But, you know, the center's been there for, uh, not the center, but the long time. He's been there for 14 years, and he's been doing that a long time. So, 
in my opinion, I think that's a bad call because he didn't really move it. It's just kind of setting in place. Fortunately, they uh, get the call. Dallas goes back to miss a field goal. He kind of what hits the crossbar. Um, but they didn't lose in that position. They lost because they couldn't run the football. You got to feed Zeke. He had 15 carries for 33 yards. That's not going to get it done. This offense is so dependent on him that you're going to put the ball in Dak Prescott's hand? Good luck. He also had a fumble before that series in a fumble. Washington scores. So now you put your offense in a bind. You put your offense in a bind. Dak Prescott's 0-4 on the road. That's also another big issue as well. He's not playing well on the road. So, you know, not sure what Dallas is going to do. The Redskins, you know, they played okay. They ran the ball really well. And, and I think that was the key to kind of ball control offense. Don't give the ball back to Zeke, but the Cowboys were doing it. Scott Lanahan, to me, is not being creative enough in this play calling. He's not. And unfortunately, you're seeing that. It's too vanilla. It's too predictable. He needs to switch things up. Um, you know, maybe you should call Sean McVay and says, hey, you think you can help me out, coach? <laughs> because somebody needs to help him out. Now, the breaking news today, the Dallas Cowboys traded their first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, if you don't know him, he's a wide receiver from the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders right now, I'm not even going to talk about that team because <laughs> that team is flat-out awful. But <laughs> we'll talk about them another day. Omari Cooper has struggled. You know, he's been inconsistent. And I think that uh, new opportunity, new life, you know, new venture, maybe this can change and really help him. You know, uh, the analyst from First Things First, uh, Chris Carter, said that Omari Cooper just is not himself. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with John Gruden, which I believe it does. John Gruden is just one of those guys that comes in and kind of he changes the culture, but he got rid of so many players. I mean, Khalil Mack, you traded your best defensive player. Not only that, he goes in as and says, man, we could not rush the passer, which I, I believe, to be honest, is just a slap in the face. He's doing it on purpose to kind of rate the media. But that's the way John Gruden is. So, unfortunately, the Raiders, they're playing for next year. Potentially, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him or they actually trade uh, Derek Carr. I won't be surprised. That could be a big possibility. And I wonder if the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, if they trade for him because Blake Bortles is another god-awful quarterback. Oh, Jesus. All right. So Dallas Cowboys, they got Omari Cooper. I think that's really going to help. Um, but how much it will help? I guess we'll have to wait and see. The Carolina Panthers. Carolina. Man. They came back against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles were up by 17 points. 17. And you mean to tell me that the Eagles give up a 17 million in the fourth quarter? Cam Newton was tremendous in the fourth quarter. Throughout the game, he played very, very well. He had 269 yards passing. He ran for a bunch of yards. Had two touchdowns. QBR 75.8. He was tremendous in that fourth quarter. The Eagles defense, again, the inability for them to make stops in the fourth quarter has been an issue for them. And right now, they're having a lot of issues in the secondary. Teams are able to throw on them. And I understand they beat the Giants last week or whatever the hell's left of the Giants, I might add. 
but the Eagles really struggled. Carson Wentz had a late fumble in the fourth quarter that cost him the game. And not only that, the Eagles cannot run the football. They cannot run the football. As you guys are aware, Jay Ajayi is out for the season. So Clement, Smallwood, and uh, I forgot the other guy, the third string, they're not getting it done. And you can see. So right now, the Eagles, they got tough matchups coming up. They got the Rams, the Saints, the Texans. You also got your division games as well. So for them, I don't know what – this could be a tough year. And normally Super Bowl champs the next year, they don't repeat because psychologically it's it's a strain every week. Teams are preparing. Teams are going to get their best punch. And that's what Carolina did. For three quarters they didn't, but in the fourth quarter they got the job done. So they might trade for LaShawn McCoy. But McCoy got hurt in that Bills game, so I'm not sure what how that stands. So good win for the Carolina Panthers. Tough loss for the Eagles right now. They're three and four on the season. You know, this one, the Kansas City Chiefs, man, this team, and what the heck they're doing right now. <laughs> they beat the damn Cincinnati Bengals 45 to 10. 45 to 10. A team in the Bengals, that in my opinion, they're a pretty good football team. They do struggle defensively like a lot of other teams do, but 45 points, Pat Mahomes. Pat freaking Mahomes, 358 yards passing. He had a 90.7 QBR, four touchdowns. He did have that one interception, but Kareem Hunt, three touchdowns, over 120 yards of offense. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Offensively, this team does so much. You have to prepare so much for this team offensively because they got guys going so many different ways. Tyree Kill going in motion. Travis Kelsey coming underneath. They use um, Hunt very, very well in the passing game. And Hunt's ability to kind of juke or kind of shift his body to where defenses are looking at the – look at the defense. The next time you watch a Kansas City game – Look at the eyes of some of the defenders. If you can get it close enough, because obviously you can't really see their eyes, but sometimes during the games they kind of see a little bit close up and you can maybe see some of these dudes, man, they fear. Fear in their hearts. They don't know what hit them. And the only thing that the Bengals had going for them was A.J. Green. He had 100 yards in the first half, and that was it. Mixon didn't have a good game. Their other receiver, I believe, was Boyd. He didn't have a good game either. And the Bengals just, you can't kick field goals against this team. We saw that against the Patriots last week. So, and the thing about the Chiefs is their their defense, they're, they're missing Justin Houston, their outside pass rusher. They're also missing Barrett safety as well. Once they get back, potentially this defense can improve. Um, and I believe I saw a stat that they're the one of the, Top third down teams in the league, which is weird because overall the defense um, hasn't really been any good. So big one for the Chiefs, tough loss for the Bengals. Bengals lose last week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lose this week to the Chiefs, potentially two teams that if they get into the playoffs are probably going to meet. That does not bode well. That doesn't give you any confidence heading into a playoff game between those teams. But good win for the Chiefs. Um. I think the Chiefs are going to lose one game the whole way. And you guys know who that is. That's the Los Angeles Rams.
But anyway, up to the next game, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. How the mighty have fallen. The Jacksonville Jaguars before the season. That was one of everyone's favorite pick to come out of the AFC, I think. Though I don't think I picked them, but they were one of my teams to get to the AFC Championship game. This team has fallen from grace. Jalen Ramsey, their starting uh, quarterback, I mean, uh, cornerback, great player. This guy talks so much shit, talking about, your quarterback suck, your quarterback suck, your quarterback's decent, your guy's this. But he didn't say anything about his quarterback. Blake Bortles has been flat out atrocious. 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 Do I have to repeat it again? This guy's quarterback rating was a 6.2. Rudy Campos from the Rated R Podcast. Go check him out. I know Rudy can have better than a 6.2. Are you serious? They're stuck with this guy for, the, for another few years. <laughs> They're stuck with this guy. And I understand that Leonard Fournette is out. I get all that. But that defense is struggling. Now, the Texans, they didn't have a great game. Lamar Miller did get 100 yards, and I think that was probably the tipping point of the game. Sean Watson didn't have a great performance. He had a 43.3 QBR, which isn't great by any means, but hey, he got the job done. But this is about Jacksonville. And I want to know where they're at mentally right now. Where are they at? Because to be honest with you, I think they're starting to check out. And if they check out again next week, this team is going to be probably one of the dis- the biggest disappointments of the season. And once you start checking out, man, you start looking at, you know, vacation destinations, you start looking at travel stuff, and <laughs> next thing you know, you're three and eight. And it's disappointing because this Jacksonville team is a team that I think could compete with New England, but you have to get there and. They're not doing that right now. They better win next week because if not, they're in very, very big trouble. The Texans, they've won four in a row. They're starting to get things going. That defense starting to get things going as well. Um, don't sleep on the Texans. This could be a team, a sleeper team that really gets hot. No one's really talking about them right now, but love Deshaun Watson and his skill set. But on to the next game. And... I should have came off first with this game, but I kind of forgot about this game. The Broncos on Thursday Night Football defeat the Cardinals 45-10. to 10. Um, My God. Josh Rosen, he's a rookie. I don't put this on him. Um, the Cardinals fire Mike McCoy. Thank God. Mike McCoy, offensively, this is what I'm saying. Some of these offensive coordinators, they're stuck. They're stuck like five or, like five or six years ago. This is a different game. This is a different game. This is a different offensive. Teams are throwing. Teams are getting their best players involved. This guy has one of the great running backs in the league. A guy two years ago led the league, or actually I think he led the league for running backs for receiving yards and for rushing yards. And they haven't barely used this guy. I see the usage rate. It's ridiculous. Get him involved. Those screens. Johnson is a tremendous athlete. Put him out at slot. Just throw him the ball. Get your best players involved. I understand Josh Rosen is young. Get it. He's 
I get it. I get it. But get your best players involved. Now, they fired that dodo head, and they got Brian Lefwich. Now, the last thing views of Brian Lefwich that I remember him really playing much was in Tampa. That didn't go too well. Though, Brian seemed like a smart dude. I'm sure he'll get him involved. So, um, potentially, maybe their offense will get a little bit better. Obviously, it's a work in progress. Also, news from Arizona. Reports are from, uh, I think it was Adam Schefter, that Patrick Peterson wants to be traded. Um, so, whether that's true or not, it probably is true. Um, imagine if the Rams got him. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are like, oh, here, here he goes again with the Rams. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Broncos, they played well. Finally, they, uh, you know, kind of showed up. Their defense past two weeks before this game was one of the worst rush defenses in the league. They give up 200 yards to uh, Todd Gurley and the freaking Jets. So good win for the Broncos. I don't think they're really any good. They met a team that was worse than them. So Broncos still got to play the Chiefs. They still got to play the Chargers. So I don't really see much. I think Vance Joseph is probably going to get fired. So that game, in my opinion, probably the best game the Broncos will probably play all year. I'm not going to talk much about the Bills versus the Colts. Um, the Colts played well. Andrew Luck had four touchdowns. Marlon Mack played very well as well. So the Colts, they're going to be in the lottery. We're trying to say top five, top ten pick. Um, and the, the only reason why I'm even saying this much is because my boy Austin, I want to talk about his team because they did win. But uh, my God, the Bills are awful. You know, the Bills are just... I don't know, man. Some of these coaches, man, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. And McDermott doesn't get it either. Get him out of there. And, I mean, are the Colts going to make the playoffs? Probably not, but I thought it was a good win. Though I will say Angela has been playing very, very well. So, good win for the Colts. Not going to talk much about the Rams versus the 49ers. Rams did their thing. Todd Gurley had three touchdowns. Aaron Donald had four sacks, just dominating. Just dominating performance. I hope he gets the 20 sacks this year. That would be great for a defensive tackle, but not much talk about the Rams. Chargers beat the Titans. Titans had an opportunity to go for the extra point. They don't. They go for the truth, try to go for the win, and they don't get it. And I don't understand why the hell you do that. I get it. You want to be aggressive. You want to do all that good stuff, but why do that? Why put your team in a position where I get statistics and, you know, maybe the statistics are much better when you go for a two, but I highly doubt it. Titans had the ball for 35 minutes. They also ran the ball for 164. They controlled the line of scrimmage. The Chargers were, were without Melvin Gordon. He did not play. The Chargers really didn't have the ball for very much. It was kind of a weird game. The Chargers couldn't really go, you know, get a good – uh fluidness with their offense just because the Titans were always on the field. Every time I put the game on, the Titans are on with their offense. So the Titans had every opportunity to win this game. So I don't understand how the hell the the Titans lost this game. But a big one for the Chargers because they're five and two on the season. Sleeper team that no one's really talking about much. Watch out for those Chargers, man. The Titans to me their offense played well, but defensively, man, 
Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams had two big, deep bombs. I'm like, man, where the hell is your secondary? Just going right over his head, right over their heads, just letting guys go right past them. You would think at this time in the season that you wouldn't have so many plays like that. But anyway, good one for the Chargers. They're 5-2 and two on the season. Like I said earlier, the Rams take care of the 49ers. Uh, the Saints, who that? Who that talking about beating them Saints? Saints 24 to 23. This was a really, really good game by Drew. Not only that, Sean Payton ran the ball. 39 rushes. You control the ball. A, a team like the Ravens, you have to run the ball, control it, and that's what they do. That was a great, just a great team win for them. Defensively, they did give up some yardage to Joe Flacco, but they kept Joe off, and basically, the Saints ran the ball. They came back in the fourth quarter, and the and then not only that, the Ravens missed an extra point. Is it me, or ever since they moved the field goal back for the extra points, teams have been missing them. It's it's not as easy as it seems, I guess, anymore. And for the Ravens, that's a tough loss. Um, had an opportunity to tie it up, and you know, maybe in the playoffs. I mean in the playoffs, maybe in the overtime, have an opportunity. But, hey, sometimes it happens. Now, the Browns lost to the Bucks. You know, those Browns can't get a break. They always lose in overtime, it seems like. Not only that, the Lions also beat the Dolphins as well. The, you know, the Dolphins defensively really struggled. I mean, the Lions, every time I turn that TV on, the Lions were going down the field. Carry on Johnson had 158 yards, and they were just balling. So good win by the Lions. I don't really trust them going forward, to be honest with you. The Dolphins, to me, the, the Dolphins early on in the year, that was it. They had an opportunity to beat New England, and they didn't get it done. So the Dolphins, to me, are not going to do anything. They haven't done anything really the past few years. They did make the playoffs last year, but... Um, it might be time if things don't really go well, just to get rid of Adam Gates. Just start from scratch. And for, and for the Browns against the Bucks, Jameis Winston, man. This dude had 52 attempts, 365 yards. This guy led the team in rushing, too. Tampa cannot run the ball for their life. <laughs> but Jameis Winston got the job done and just missed opportunities for the Browns. During the overtime, they had the ball twice. Baker Mayfield three and out. That's not going to get it done in the National Football League. They did run the ball very well with Chubb. They did trade Carlos Hyde, so Chubb is now the guy. You know, I give them credit. They were down 16 to 2. But hey, that's just not going to cut, like I said. So big win for the Bucks, trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. And um that's it, guys. The NFL. It was an interesting week, a lot of wins, some losses for some teams. Some teams are teetering. They're teetering on the brink of kind of going south. And when teams go south, that's it. They're getting ready for their vacation plans. On to some NBA talk before we get to uh, some interesting news here from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, the NBA, to me, has become a soft league. It's become a league where just the commissioner is letting shit ride. And 
the Lakers and the Rockets had their little fight. You know, you had Ingram in there kind of starting it. And then Chris Paul, to me, and at first you, you didn't even know he actually kind of spit towards him. But if that guy would have spit towards me, man, and for some of you who know me, I have a bit of a, not necessarily a temper, I'm pretty well-tempered, I'm a calm dude, but if you get me over the top, somebody spit on my face. Chris Paul should have hit him so hard that Chris Paul should have got the 30 games instead of the amount he got. I think Commissioner should have set the tone of giving a little bit more games. Just give him a few games. Give him 10, give him 12, 13. Make him think about the next time they do this. Don't just give him a few games. Adam Silver, to me, just, oh, it's not a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. The mouth at the palace. Can we forget that? Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, Ben Wallace, all those guys, you have to, I'm not saying give them 30 games, but man, 10, 12 games, make it hurt a little bit. Just a few games, just a pat on the back. This is what the NBA has come to. Just pat on the back. Pat on the back. That's it. So, unfortunately, that's just the way it is now, but this soft NBA needs to stop. They need to bring in some, some rules that really help kind of physicalize the rules, but in a way could keep the competitiveness. But I think she should lay the lay the law down, and he didn't. Folks, in other news, and this is going to be the last thing I'm going to talk about today. It's going to be interesting. Uh, as many of you might know, Ray Karouf, former player of the Carolina Panthers, uh, was released from prison this week. Um, I think he was actually released today, I believe. He, um, if you don't know the story, he hired a hitman to kill his wife. He killed the wife. She was pregnant, and she had the baby. And the baby um, kind of had some issues and some disabilities as the baby has grown up. And uh, it's kind of a sad story. Sad story. How someone can be such on top as Ray Carruth was, and to do something to kill his girlfriend. I mean, he didn't kill her physically, but he basically did. To the point where he got prison for 18 years. He's out now. And I pray that, man, you find peace, restoration, restore yourself, and be a better man. Um, because the actions that he did, if you read some of the, the story behind it, man, it's pretty hard to read. But I just want to let you guys know that Ray Kroof was released from prison. And please, before you do anything stupid, just think about it. <laughs> just think about it. Well, everyone, thank you for joining me on my first episode of the RIP Podcast. Go check us out at Two Shots Podcast as well. Go check me out on RIP Sports Podcast on Facebook, Coach Geo 56 on Twitter. And until next time, Peace out.